Amos chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. This is what the Lord God, Yahweh, showed me. Behold, he was forming locusts when the latter growth was just beginning to sprout. And behold, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. When they had finished eating the grass of the land, I said, O Lord God, please forgive. How can Jacob stand? He is so small. The Lord relented concerning this. It shall not be, said the Lord. This is what the Lord God showed me. Behold, the Lord God was calling for a judgment by fire, and it devoured the great deep and was eating up the land. Then I said, Oh, Lord God, Yahweh, please cease. How can Jacob stand? He is so small. The Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be, said the Lord God. This is what he showed me. Behold, the Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? I, I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, as we continue through Amos, we're now in chapter seven, and we see a couple of these really scary images that disturb Amos, and he intercedes for the people of Israel, and the Lord relents. And then there's this third vision, um, which sounds a little less intimidating on the front end. It's a, a plumb line, uh, which is not something we probably think about every day. And there's a, a plumb line, but it kind of culminates in this really heavy um, prophecy of the desolation of Israel and the fall of the house of Jeroboam, who, as we know, is the, the evil, evil king of Israel at the time. So joined by the great beloved Jackson Randall. Um, Jackson, what what do you see going on? You know, this this vision of judgment, just as a heads up, it kind of spans from today through tomorrow's reading and then the next day. So it's Amos 7 through the first three verses of chapter 8. So we're kind of just getting into this vision of judgment section. But yeah, yeah. What, what do you see going on here? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because you see something being worked out in this passage that kind of culminates in an image at the end that that's kind of striking. Here, here's what I'm trying to say. So there's a first vision. Um, the locusts are forming. They're gonna, uh, they're gonna, you know, kind of bring about a sort of destruction. Uh, it's not gonna be good for Israel. And and so Amos prays, "Oh Lord, please forgive. How can Jacob stand? He's so small." And the Lord hears this and relents um, uh, and says, "It shall not be." So then there's a second vision. Um, fire is gonna come. There's gonna be judgment by fire. It's going to be uh, uh, exhaustive. It's going to destroy. And so Amos prays, oh, Lord, how can this be? Israel's so small, or Jacob's so small. Don't do not do this, please. Mm. Um, and the Lord relents. But then there's this final vision of a wall built with a plumb line. And doesn't seem like quite as big of a deal. Um, seems like a little bit of a smaller type of 
less exhaustive uh, judgment. And and Amos sees this and he goes like, okay, like it, the the gig is up. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, it's it's done. You mm-hmm. know, like like judgment is coming. And, and and I think the reason why is you know the image here of a plumb line. It, in case you guys are unaware of this, this is an image that's used in like an agricultural setting to basically make sure that a wall is sound. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, people who are inspecting the wall, they're going to come and they're going to hang a plumb line over the wall, and they're going to let gravity do the work. And if gravity is doing the work, it's going to show that the wall, that its structure or that its foundation is sound, and that it can. You know, maybe it needs to be repaired or something, but but it's standing upright and it's going to mm-hmm. be okay. Um, but what the plumb line might reveal is is that the wall is is leaning so far uh, outside of the way that it's supposed to that it is inevitably going to crumble. It mm-hmm. will fall, mm-hmm. like it's it's compromised. Mm-hmm. And and what God's revealing in this image is is like, look, Israel is so far gone. They've they've run out so far. Um, uh, beyond my um beyond my grace that judgment is going to happen they've stored up for themselves wrath mm. and and now this picture is is like the wall is going to fall and so so what we see is Amos kind of like you know take on a different approach where he's no longer um saying like relent 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 instead he he sort of like submits to the inevitable judgment that is coming. And so that's mm-hmm. this sober word yeah. for Israel. Judgment yeah. is coming, which, um, you know, we, we live in the age of grace. We live in a new time. Um, again, there's, there's so much, whenever you're reading the old Testament like this, uh, you're reading the prophets, it should very much make us appreciative of grace. Yes. Yes. On the other hand, it also teaches us something of God's, justice um Mm -hmm. it teaches us that god is a just god and teaches us that he will not be mocked Mm -hmm. and and so at like a personal level we know that we are in christ and god's justice has been satisfied in Mm -hmm. christ such that there is no wrath for us yeah at the same time at sort of an institutional level or a national level these sort of passages make me nervous yeah because you know there is a way for us to um run afoul the the patience and the mercy of God mm-hmm. in such a way where there's no guarantee that our country will continue uh, experiencing um, relative uh, blessing and favor in perpetuity yeah. when we continue to per- perpetuate injustice. There's no, uh, there's no promise that our denomination or even our institutions as churches will just continue to uh, be blessed forever if we continue to um, mm-hmm. uh, to pervert God's justice. Like, Absolutely. Like we can expect God to act according to his justice, yeah. which is I think a good reminder for us as we have opportunity to work for God's justice. Yeah. And, and, and not just to like avoid his punishment, but as a way in keeping with who he is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you know, this the whole progression of this passage is so fascinating and um the the plumb line image really is so striking and I'm glad you pressed into that. You know, it's literally if you haven't seen one and they're still used today, but it's like a weight yeah. um that is literally just tied to a string. 
and uh, you'd love the practicality of it. <laughs> right. and, and so, yeah, it's like you stand up on scaffolding where you're building a wall or measuring a wall and it is basically like a compass needle, uh, but rather than north, south, east, west, it's giving you like true vertical. And so basically, you know, Amos sees this vision of like locust destroying Israel and he, he says, don't let it be. And the Lord says, it shall not be. And then this fire coming up from the deep, consuming everything. Amos says, don't let it be. Uh, how can Jacob stand? It's interesting. In both of these intercessions, he uses the phrase, how can Jacob stand? Yeah, yeah. So upright, vertical. Um, and then the Lord says, it shall not be. But then the next one is, there's this plumb line, which, you know, it, it's less of this like nefarious, like scary, intense image. And it's very, it's string with a weight on it. Mm -hmm. But what it shows is, wow, this wall is very straight or this wall is caving in. This yep. wall is extremely crooked. And so, you know, this plumb line is representative of God's righteousness, of his justice, of right standing with God. And it's interesting when he sees this, Amos does not, he, he does not say the same thing. He does not intercede. Um, because, you know, this whole idea of how can Jacob stand has basically been directly addressed of he can't. Yeah. The the justice, the righteousness is gone and it is going to cave in. And, and you know, I think it's like interesting. Um, I love how C.S. Lewis depicts hell and like kind mm. of final judgment and the great divorce um, where, you know, the these souls from hell uh, basically come face to face with light and, you know, with this like idea of like this entrance point into heaven and they hate it. You know, they, they turn away, they despise it. And it's not this like, Oh, let us in, let us in. But it's more of that idea that Jesus kind of, uh, depicts in some of the parables of it's this place outside the city where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like yeah. there's anger yeah. and wrath of man. And, uh, and so it's this idea that like God is, he's not going to pass by. He's not, he's not stepping in to pardon the people of Israel uh, and just like forget their iniquity, but he's actually going to let it cave in on yeah. itself. Yeah. And so there's this idea of finality and, you know, Amos, he doesn't press back. He doesn't intercede. Yeah. And I think to your point, we've got to read this standing on the cross, you know, and, yes. and standing on the promises of, of Jesus. And what is so just eternally comforting that we can cling to and what God is going to bring about through these momentary moments of judgment is that he is actually going to step in because the, the whole question of Amos is how could I accept your sacrifices when you perpetuate injustice, when you perpetuate yeah. unrighteousness and that God is actually going to intercede himself because Amos, he doesn't have anything to say to this final judgment of God because mm -hmm. it's just yeah. in a moral world, you know, sin has to be answered with judgment, but that Jesus would step in mm -hmm. and receive the judgment and absorb the cost of our rebellion. And, you know, in himself set up a new kingdom where the walls will not, you know, cave in on themselves uh, this should point us straight to the cross and to the kingdom that Christ has set up yeah. and uh, let's be eternally grateful. Yeah. And I do think it should 
in a strange way, comfort us as we consider the justice of God. You know, I've heard Jason say this before, and it's a sentiment that that I think is you know been held in Christian circles, but it I think it's true, and it's a little bit of a in your face kind of statement. But Jason will say, you know, if the idea of God's justice or judgment is offensive to you, then you've most likely lived a very privileged life. Yes. And what he's meaning to say there is, is that like, if you've never been the victim, judgment is, can be like a bad word if you've never been the victim of injustice. But if you've been the victim of injustice, then mm -hmm. you're really grateful that God is just, and you're mm -hmm. grateful that God will judge the the perpetrators of injustice. Mm. And and so part of what this passage is is just reinforcing to a potentially downtrodden, discouraged people is look, God sees mm. and he's going to make everything right. Mm -hmm. Now, that's really scary for Israel because Israel is the one who's perpetrated injustice mm -hmm. and Israel is the ones who um, have God's justice aimed at them. But for anybody who has been a victim of injustice, we can take solace in the fact that like God is just and he does yeah. see and he is going to make things right. And, and so we can fully put our hope and our confidence in the Lord and, and realize that our hope is secure in mm -hmm. heaven, in Christ. And we don't have to wait around trying to figure out how to make, um, the injustices that we've experienced in this world right because god himself the just one will deal with it that's part of his character mm -hmm. and so um you know there's some of us who i think probably need to reckon with the ways that we might be contributing to the injustice that reigns in our world mm -hmm. but there's some of us who you know we're probably feeling victimized by living in um this world and so I uh, I would wouldn't want to miss the, that comforting word for those folks that I think is contained in a passage like this that highlights God's mm. character. Mm. Amen, amen. Well, a encouraging uh, and heavy word from Amos seven, and we're gonna continue on through Amos tomorrow. So, for the great Jackson Randall, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to our daily rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.